Hi everyone, welcome to the Permission to Become podcast. This is a podcast about Asian American women exploring their boundaries and permissions around self-discovery and personal empowerment. In this podcast, we will dive into the untold tales of Asian American women breaking out of who they should be and becoming who they truly are. My name is Joyce Bao, and I'm your host on this podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Permission to Become podcast. Um, today, I have another uh, special guest, Paige Ray, and um, I'm going to ask you, Paige, to introduce yourself to um, our audience and just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you're excited to be here. So hi, Paige. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for you know giving me this platform, Joyce, and I'm super excited to be able to share with you um, some of my stories and hopefully inspire people along the way. Um, so a little bit about myself, you know, what I do for a living. I'm an online business management coach and consultant. I work with entrepreneurs who are trying to get their launch ideas, their passion into something profitable by helping them, you know, with their systems and their marketing. Now that's kind of like you know, what I do, but why I do, why I do what I do, um, which is, is the reason why I'm excited to be here speaking with all of you today. So I'm on a mission to shift the culture one home at a time by ending unnecessary baggage related to money. Now, what does my experience as an online business coach have anything to do with that mission, right? So I work with a lot of um, entrepreneurs or very driven coaches and individuals who come to me and say, oh my gosh, I have this amazing business idea. And I know that this will change someone's life, that this will help so many people. Right. And I love that passion, that excitement that they bring in the table when I first meet them. But then what happens is oftentimes when we start looking at the numbers, which is the very, which is very crucial when you're running a business, you want to make sure you're in the positive side, you're on the green end of, of the numbers, right? I, I have encountered a few um, people who are struggling with getting to that level where they can actually have their business profitable so that they can fulfill the ultimate mission, which is to help others, right? So a lot of the times, especially for heart-centered individuals, they're like, they're struggling with this notion of how do I charge people? How do I make my business profitable when I came in here with the intention to help, right? They struggle with thoughts like, oh, if I really want to help someone, shouldn't I just give it very cheap or for free, right? But the problem with that is obviously as anyone, it doesn't take for you to be an entrepreneur or a business owner to know that we do need money to be able to make the shift that we want to create, to make that transformation, to make that change. And this is definitely something that I have thought about too, you know, um, I, I, based on, on my upbringing, you know, you, I was always taught that, oh, you can make a difference in someone's life, not even if you don't have money, which is true. But I, I believe that as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as someone who wants to run a business, there's a reason why you have that seed in your heart that you want to run a business. That means you want to make a massive change, right? But that also means a massive funding, right? 
And sometimes you may have the most logical marketing strategy, but if your emotional frequency and relationship about money is just not matching that, that actual marketing plan, it's not going to show up. It's not going to match. Right. And so that's why I, I am so grateful that you've given me this platform, Joyce, because I believe that our relationship with money is learned from home. Right. And by learning these things from home, people who are listening to this podcast, you know, hopefully I can, you know, I'll share with you some of the concepts and the strategies that I live by that's contributed to my family's financial freedom. And hopefully that can inspire you so that you can actually make the impact that you know you can make, you know, actually create the profit for that certain purpose that you have in your heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I'm wow. here. Thank you so much for this powerful introduction. I feel sort of already activated and enlivened just sort of hearing about your why and your mission. And I love kind of what you said about um, at the end of the day, being an entrepreneur is about helping others. Um, And we have, I think that's a, a part of a deeper part of all of us to want to help and contribute to this world. But a lot of us kind of have that money block, um, whether it's from our upbringing, mostly from our upbringing that prevent us from getting there. So I would love, love to start with um, you sharing a little bit about your own upbringing. And um, you grew up in Manila and immigrated to the uh, Canada when you're 16. And and then kind of did a whole pivot into entrepreneurship. So I'd imagine um, that must have been a journey to yes. <laughs> immigrate to a new country. And then not only that, later starting your own business. So I'd love for you to just share a little bit um, with the audience about your upbringing. And then also, like, what were some challenges you faced along the way, as particularly in relationship to money? Yeah, so... Um... I grew up in in the Philippines in Manila, and when I immigrated to um, Canada, Canada, I was 16. So I was aware, you know, I wasn't a child when I moved to Canada. I saw the difference culturally speaking and economically speaking, um, the stark difference, even in just the environment itself. So for me, that was very interesting. And especially now coming back here, you know, I have, by the way, so I'm here as we're recording this, I'm in Lipa, Philippines, and I have not visited the Philippines ever since I migrated to Canada. So it's been 13 years and having the perspective that I have now, it's very interesting. Um, You know, it's just, I feel like I'm seeing things new again. So that's for another conversation. But uh, so how I grew up, so financially speaking, it's very interesting. I grew up from a middle-class family as what they would, you know, socially label our family. Um, in the Philippines, but we were struggling. We were a struggling middle-class family. And it was very interesting because I know for a fact from the side of my family, you know, like my cousins and all of that, like my extended family, I know it wasn't a secret. We were the poorest, (laughs) you know, we were the poorest. And I know that our home, we, it, it, it was the, it wasn't the nicest home. My cousin definitely, my cousins definitely have the bigger house and all these latest gadgets and stuff like that. So I know definitely that we were the poorest in my side of the family. But what was, what was also interesting is my family goes to church a lot. 
And on a regular basis, you know, I grew up with a lot of church friends and a lot of them um, are, you know, they live in shanty homes, right? Um, and they see my home, which sometimes I'm ashamed of when I'm dealing with like my cousins or my, my private school classmates. But here, here's my church friends seeing my family as super privilege, right? And here I am, I'm attending private school, which by the way, not a lot of people in the Philippines have that privilege. Um, but my mom struggled every single time that it's time to pay for tuition. We were always late. I remember being a month late from school because we couldn't pay for a tuition fee. And I saw how my mom would, you know, put away her pride aside to borrow money just so she can put us to school, to, to private school. Um, the reason being is here in the Philippines, private school and public school is very different. And I've experienced school in Canada. I, I finished my high school in a public school in Canada. Very different, right? The quality of education is definitely, it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's up to par. Um, but here in the Philippines, it definitely is a big deal. So my mom really invested her emotions and her finances um, to help put me and my siblings through private school because that was like a ticket out of poverty in an essence, right? And so growing up with a bunch of my friends seeing me as privileged and a bunch of my, my family as always handing us, you know, hand-me-downs and helping us financially, it was really weird. Like I didn't know where to put myself financially, you know? Um, like my financial identity was so weird and it was just, you know, I, I didn't really think much of it grow, um, growing up. And I think as a teenager, you know, it would show in your certain preferences and stuff like that, but you don't really think much about it. Now, the turning point for me was when I got married. So I got married at the age of 21. And for a lot of people in my generation, I'm a millennial, it's early. <laughs> So um, especially the fact that, you know, my, both our parents were very, um, uh, very clear that, oh my gosh, you know, you haven't, you don't even have a house yet. You don't, you know, you're just, you're literally just starting your career. You're in your first, second, you know, first job and you're, you're thinking about getting married. So, um, but, you know, uh, I think just from our conversation earlier, Joyce, it's either for me, there's no holding back with living for me literally how I make my decisions is like, okay, if I die tomorrow, what's something that I wish I would have done, right? And that was the motivation for me that, yeah, we, we want to get married and um, let's do this. So my husband and I, you know, we got married at the age of 21. He was 22. Um, uh, and yeah, it was a struggle financially. So a lot of people, you know, they talk about, oh, your first year of marriage, honeymoon phase, you don't have kids, you get to enjoy yourselves and yada, yada, yada. But holy smokes, my first year of marriage was so far from that. Um, I remember our credit cards were all maxed out. I was working at a warehouse, getting paid minimum wage in Toronto, <laughs> in Toronto, which is, you know, they have a, a, a really expensive, uh, you know, uh, basic living there compared to other places that I've lived to in Canada. So um, our, all our credit cards were maxed out. Um, I remember that when we wanted to eat out, we would have so much guilt having to swipe that card or pay the bill because we knew that we were 
broke and we knew we weren't getting that money somewhere somewhere that's uh, you know on a we were on deficit so it reached a point um in my first year of marriage i think we've been married for maybe six months <laughs> it wasn't that long but i was like oh my gosh this is not the life that i've envisioned you know when you think about getting married you want to be happy with your spouse and enjoy yeah and or even enjoy the little things right but, but it reached a point sometimes that we didn't even have a car then we when we would commute we literally couldn't even afford a bus ticket okay that's how difficult it was and it was even harder because you kind of needed to you felt the need to prove yourself especially you know your parents did warn you about these things and um so we really felt like we needed to prove ourselves and we didn't have a lot of financial help with anyone right and you want to say and something? i'm curious yeah. what yeah were, were you two both working so you mentioned you work in the warehouse like was your husband working oh at, yeah at we both work um during that time the first year of our marriage we're both entrepreneurs now um but we both worked at the warehouse actually so um we were picking and packing stuff for um the blind people in canada so we worked for cnib at that time um but yeah so it was um very interesting i'm very creative so the continuous robotic type of task where you're like you know you're just packing boxes and stuff like that was very draining for me i really felt like it i was not living my who i am you know i'm not expressing who i am through my work and i'm just not i just felt like oh my god this is a waste of my time right so um it reached a point where we were struggling financially i was not happy with my career that's not even a career with my job right I was not happy with my job and obviously you know what's gonna happen if you're unhappy like that it's gonna show with how you treat your spouse especially we're together 24 7 because we work at the same company you know so when we would come home um i, I even remember okay this is like embarrassing but i remember i was so unmotivated Literally, I would go to work and not even shower because I was just so unmotivated. I, I hated my job. I was just like, oh, I, I don't even want to show up. Literally, I would wake up, run late for work and just be there. Right. And eventually it reached a point where I was showing, you know, I was expressing my frustration with my husband and I was tried, starting to think that he was the problem. Right. As with any relationship, you kind of like throw your personal things at your partner. And I remember this moment, this life-changing moment where I locked myself in the bathroom. I was on the floor crying because I was like, oh my gosh, this is what my mom warned me about. You know, um, is this what our life is going to be forever? You know, I want to have kids and I can't have kids at this state of our life. And um, I locked myself there. My husband was like knocking on the door. Hey, sweetheart you okay let me in and I was just I was just locked in locked in there and I told myself okay you can't stay in this washroom forever <laughs> you can't stay in this washroom forever you have two choices one you either you know leave your husband have a fresh start and be financially you know like get get a fresh start financially and do things a lot different than what you've done or find a way to make this work and I came from a family and my husband as well also came from a family that, you know, a broken family. So my family, I saw my parents fighting all the time about money. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, that was, was sort of what you grew up with. Yeah, like that money, was 
source of pain or oh, yeah. stress. That was a big fear of mine because I saw my parents always arguing about money. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what my mom's telling me. You know, we're going to argue about money and then I'm going to end up miserable with my married life. And I don't want that. I don't want to repeat that history of coming from a broken family. And so I said, okay, got to make this work. I got to make this work. So got out of the washroom, turned on my laptop, and I said, type there on Google, how to pay your debts. <laughs> my story started out that way. And I found this coach who basically helped me through uh, my finances. His story was very similar. It, it was really nice because he was also from Canada. Um, his name is Stefan Pilarnos, by the way. He goes by Stefan James now. And he has a channel. I just have to you know, share this because I am very grateful about this coach. So he has a channel called Project Life Mastery. And I remember back in, this was back in 2014, I, was, uh, I saw his video, how to get out of debt or how to pay de uh, your debts. And he basically shared what he did to get out of debt. And it was nice because he also lived in Canada, you know, which is sometimes when you're searching online, a lot of the examples are based in the US and stuff like that. So when I found him, it was really interesting. Um, I followed his work and he was talking about, oh, how you can earn money online and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, at that time, 2014, it's not very common, you know? I was thinking, oh my gosh, is this a scam, <laughs> you know? But I said, you know what, what the heck? I'm gonna invest in this and see if it's, if it's a scam or not. And God bless me. <laughs> So I, I took a course the, the very first um, earning that I have online is through Kindle publishing. And um, basically, I, my husband and I, we published a book through Kindle Amazon under a pen name. And when we started gathering income off of that, I was like, oh my gosh, even if it's just the first $5, I was like, oh my gosh, this thing really works. And so that was the start of my venture towards being an entrepreneur, towards um, running an online business. And that, you know, the rest is history. So there's a lot of other things there because my family came from a very corporate background. So being an entrepreneur, um, it was new territory for me. I remember growing up, my stepfather actually told me, hey, you know, what, would, what do you wanna be when you grow up? Like we would have these conversations and um, I would say, I don't know, you know, like Asian as we are, I don't know, maybe a doctor, I don't know, work in a bank, I don't know. <laughs> Typical Asian response, I suppose. Um, but my stepfather said, oh, you know, if you want to be wealthy, maybe you should think about being a businesswoman. And I remember my response to him, I was, I was uh, 14 years old at that time. I said, no way, dad, people who are in business are crooks. <laughs> that was my mindset about business, right? Um, people in business are crooks, you know, they just like to get people's money, right? That's kind of where I grew up. So now here I am, I'm diving into online business and it does work and it's really interesting. I think it also helps to have the right coach, um, the coach who shares the same values, core values as you have. Because I think where a lot of entrepreneurs fail to is they hire the wrong coach, right? And sometimes their version of success is not the same as your version of success. And that's gonna make it look like you're failing their coaching program, you know? Yeah, so that's kind of how I started.
Yeah, I'm actually really curious because you're working sort of like a nine to five job, and then、um, you and your husband are both in debt. Like, I'm I'm curious, like, what led you down the path of deciding to do more entrepreneur, like pursue entrepreneurial path versus like getting another job that might pay you better? I'm just really、oh, yeah. curious. So,、um, when around the same time that I saw this blog about getting out of debt. I, my husband and I, we've already been thinking about okay, what do we do? Should we leave this job? So,、um, I think I mentioned we worked in the same company, and what was challenging about working in the same company is we couldn't get the same day off, right? So it's either we work together at the same time, and if we can't be off at the same time either, because the company, quote unquote, couldn't afford losing two people. So yeah, I mean. You know, that's what they said. It was a minimum wage job. It wasn't like you know, I didn't have a lot of rights, I suppose, or privileges.、Um, we were basically just a nobody. You know, that's kind of how I felt working there. No offense, um, but um, that's kind of how I felt. We were basically just,、um, you know, numbers, right, doing boxes. And so、um, I remember we were、uh, we were thinking about a way out, and we were、um, we're Christians, so we. Pray a lot, and my husband and I, we would pray and say, "Okay, God, we need a way out.、Um, maybe it's going to come in a form of a job or something." Like we don't know what it was. And around that same time, I see this blog. And around that same time, I remember we met、um, a friend from church who we have not like we see them all the time, but we just haven't really gotten together. And out of the ordinary, like all of a sudden, this friend said, "Hey, what are you doing for lunch?" And my husband was like. Oh, nothing, and she was like, "Okay, sure, come and join us." So my husband attends this、um, lunch,、uh, you know, little lunch get together with a bunch of our church mates, and this person ended up、um, having like offering insurance to my husband, and basically trying to get him as an agent, you know. <laughs> so my husband kind of saw that as an opportunity to get out of. His job, so he, while while we were working, he took up the course, you know, became a certified financial advisor, started selling insurance, and I just, yeah. So,、um, the moment he decided that he wanted to be a financial agent, and this was like back then, he's not doing that anymore. He's working online now too.、Um, we decided, okay, we're gonna quit our jobs. So, yeah, we didn't. I think there's a lot of courage there for me and. Um, because, because you felt you were financially, you will be fi- more financially well, stable because he yes, job can provide. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, there's it's it's you're paid by commission, so he needs to be really good <laughs> at this for us to have something. But I think the weight, the 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 pain of being in that nine to five job that we had, and the debt that we have, and Bringing that home, where we're hate, you know, we're ending up resenting each other because we're doing something that we don't love, that you know, we can't enjoy each other, we can't enjoy our lives. The weight of that was far more than the risk of not having income. <laughs> for you know, it was really that bad.、Um, you know, you're you're just you've been married for one year. You should still be in love with each other, seriously, right? But it was. Yeah, but it was getting to a point where we were starting to resent each other, and it was not good. It was unhealthy, and we both know that we want to make this marriage work, you know. And so the weight of that was just far more risky 
than actually just risking our finances. So we, we gave our notice and we left that job. No, by the way, he was not yet completely certified. You know, there, he was not earning anything from that yet. He was still working on his um, certification. We gave our notice and it almost seemed like a slap in the face when our boss at that time said, oh, but we want to keep you and we'll raise, we'll give you a raise. You know how much they offered for a raise? 25 cents per hour. It wasn't even a dollar per hour. They offered to keep us for an additional 25 cents per hour. I'm like, yeah, I was like, oh, no way, <laughs> no way. So we left the job and we were so happy to we felt like we were oh my gosh you know newfound freedom um but guess what we didn't have any savings when we left that job right i told you we were in debt so when we left that job three months my husband was trying to sell insurance with no income well he did not sell anything for three months <laughs> so we got into more debt we got into more um, but eventually that turned around, he got better. And, you know, I, I actually ended up going back to school as a nutritionist and my, yeah, so I'm a certified, I'm certified holistic nutritionist, but that's not what I'm doing right now. It's very interesting. Um, but you know, kudos, my husband actually was the one who put me through college. So he paid for all of that through his insurance commission money. And we paid off all of our debts, um, you know, through that. Um, but my journey about being out of debt is beyond that because it's one thing to get out of debt, but it's another thing to stay out of debt, right? So after we paid off our debts, you know, we eventually got back in debt. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with us? You know, what is wrong with me? And that's when I started realizing a lot of it is really rooted to your 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 upbringing your money blocks like all these things that i haven't consciously worked through that's related to money so that's why um that's why we're having this conversation you know yeah well i'm kind of curious like kind of the 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 progression of your path so you mentioned like so you quit your job and then you um started a sort of a holistic nutrition program or degree and then were you doing the kindle publishing and sort of that on online entrepreneurial venture at the same time i'm really curious yeah. like how that got so started. i was doing it um at the same time that i was in school and because my school like if you look up holistic nutritionists in canada it's not around the time that i graduated it's not yet a um what do you call this like a compared to a dietitian, let's just say it's not really a formal um, profession, if that makes sense, because it's, it's more, it's not a, um, I guess it's not under the medical industry, per se, it's very, because we're dealing mostly with holistic um, healing and stuff like that. And a lot of it actually is very driven with, you know, my, my, my teachers at that time in school would teach us about how to start your nutritionist business, how to coach people through this, because we're looking at the person as a whole. And when I was learning a lot about how our emotions are related to our spirituality and how our, our spirituality is related to how we eat food and how it manifests in our health, that, you know, that was kind of the gateway for me to realize, oh my gosh, I'm passionate about 
coaching. I love this idea of coaching, of life coaching and, and really talking through a person through their transformation. So that became a gateway for me, but I knew that I didn't want to just focus about food per se. Um, up to now, you know, I'm a very active person. I apply the things I've learned in school here at home. Um, and I share that with my clients. Um, but that so, sort of became the gateway for me to um, start my coaching business. So I started doing the Kindle. It was earning, you know, um, money on the side, passive income. But it's not enough to really sustain, you know, um, our lifestyle, especially at that time we were living in Toronto. So I started looking into um, uh, online coaching. So around that time, I became pregnant with my daughter, uh, with my very first child. And we, I told you, you know, we got out of debt and then we got back in debt. So when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was working on that Kindle on the side. It wasn't really, it's not enough to buy groceries. It's just a little something, you know, for me, it's like proof that this thing works. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, we ended up having to rent out a room at our friend's house, not even a master suite. It was literally a, a, a small bedroom, the smallest bedroom in their house, because that's all we could afford. Um, but my husband, you know, um, right at that time, we both didn't want to be employed again. Like the idea of being of working for someone else again was just terrible. I mean, we had a terrible experience with our jobs. So I think just going back to that environment was not uh, even an option for us. So that's when I started doing my online coaching. And I hustled for three months straight, you know, after I gave birth to my daughter. And when I found my first coaching client, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this thing works. I just need to find a few more because that coaching client basically covered everything that I had earned, you know, working a minimum wage for an entire month and you're working not even a quarter of the time. So that's kind of how I, how I started this journey. But to give you a timeline, I left my job um, in 2014. I went to school and then um, after school in 20, uh, 2015, that's when I became pregnant and I gave birth to my daughter 2016. And I was working, studying this online business, you know, trying to figure out affiliate marketing and dabbling about dabbling here and there. And it was in 2018 when I secured my first coaching client that basically covered, you know, signed up for an entire year. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this thing is going to work. And I'm just going to focus yeah. and commit on to yeah. So I kind of want to like get into the weeds of like your journey, because even as you share the timeline, and I think this is helpful for, you know, I just listeners who might be building their own entrepreneurial venture. It's like, it's not a um, quick success, right? Because from your journey, it, it took you many years. Um, and I'm sure a lot of trial and error to kind of even figure out like your path, because you were going down this path of wanting to be a like, it sounds like you wanted initially wanted to be a holistic nutritionist. Yeah. <laughs> and then as you were going through school, you realized, actually, I love life coaching mm -hmm. way more. And you also found this, discovered this financial coach online that's kind of starting to activate a new mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and then everything sort of all clicked. So I'm really curious like how, yeah, what was the process like for you to find your first client and 
um, how did you kind of really figure out your niche of like what you wanted to, was it in um, the sort of the financial money uh, mindset domain or what was your um, for first sort of the initial yeah. phase of your life coaching? Around? Yeah. So um, when I first started my coaching business, I was actually serving Christian entrepreneurs. So I, I launched my online business um, through an online show called Christian entrepreneur movement. And um I basically found my first client through that, through that online show that I've hosted. And over time, it, um, I had like a domain, like a, a separate platform for it. Yeah. So it started out as that. And eventually, like I said, as I work with lots of entrepreneurs or people who want to be entrepreneurs, coaches, you know, it keeps going back to that money conversation. And here I am. So 2018, I got my my first coaching client. I was working through that. You, you know, I've, I've only really started this healthy, holy money flow in 2020. Okay. So 2018, I was focusing on the Christian entrepreneur movement. And then it just keeps going back to that conversation about money. And I was starting to see the changes in my finances. You know, I for, you know, I'm finally not like I finally paid off my debt and not in debt anymore. And I think that's partly why um, my life is relatively easy. You know, I, I have a family of four. I have two kids and my my husband. And, in you know, in Canada, our living expense is $4,000. For a lot of people with a family of four, that would be like, how in the world do you do that? Right? And the reason why we are able to bring it that low where passive income can easily cover it is because we're debt free. And I think a lot of it is, you know, a lot of people are paying for debt and that's increasing their level of expenses. Right. Um, so I've, I've gotten to that point where we have this better relationship with money and mind you, it really took a lot of time and reflection and digging deep and changing that. Um, I guess the old habits that you have for me to get to this place. But even if I, I feel much better, I want to make it clear to our audience that look i'm very much well off financially compared to where i was in 2014 2018 but there are days where let's say i'm faced with a financial decision and my old habits would still kind of voice itself out like like oh you know too expensive or stuff like that like complain about money and stuff and i'm like hold on but at least now what's different is i can I'm aware of it. And I can say, hold on, Paige, mm -hmm. where is that thought coming from? That's not you. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious if you are open to share with the audience, like what were some of the uh, financial like money mm -hmm. mindset blocks that you really had to work through um, as you, you know, built your business and came across these blocks? Like what were some of these, um, these limiting yeah. mindsets? Um, there's quite a few. Um, Actually, there's a lot, you know, so to start, I remember uh, growing up, you know, my my mom, whenever it's Christmas time and we don't have the nicest gifts, you know, because we, we were the poorest compared to my my other side of the family, she would always say, don't worry about about them. You know, it's OK if we don't have a lot of money as long as, you know, what's important is we're together. At that time, my my mom and stepdad were still together. And my I say stepdad because my biological father passed away when I was 
uh, two years old. So my mom remarried. Um, but basically, you know, she would say, oh, it's okay if you don't have a lot of money. Don't be jealous. You know, don't don't feel jealous about your cousins and stuff like that, because at least we're together. Because around that time, um, they were already like my cousins were already having issues with their, you know, with their family stuff. And so that that was always what my mom told me growing up. And so here I am being married. I kind of felt like, okay, there's if it's either I become financially well off or I and risk my family or be broke, but at least we're happy, you know, kind of like the mindset. Right. But I realized you can have both. Right. You can have an abundant financial life and an abundant relationship life. Right. So that's one. Um, but also, I think one of the big things for me now, um, especially that, you know, we kind of spoke about this, it's nice that I'm able to move here in Lipa and be able to focus on some missionary work and not be stressed about keeping my business afloat. And generally speaking, life is pretty good and easy, right? And I struggled actually having to accept that, especially because I see a lot of people suffering. And, um, you know, especially where I'm from right now, a lot of people are truly suffering just to get their basic necessities. Um, and it kind of felt weird to not have to quote unquote work hard. Like when you, when I thought about the idea of working hard, it's like you're constantly working, you're never home and you're, you know, your nose is on the ground, just working, working, working so that you can have financial stability. That was how I was raised. And now here I am, you know, I sometimes feel, am I lazy? Like sometimes I'm, I'm asking myself, am I lazy? Like not working. Yeah. Hard. I'm not quote unquote working hard. Like I'm, I'm literally able to bring my kids at a resort in the middle of the weekday, you know, randomly. Right. And I had to process a lot of that. Like it's like, I felt very guilty about that at first. And this is something that I work through with my clients too, because why would you feel guilty? You worked hard for it. You know, like fruitfulness um, doesn't necessarily have to be difficult, right? Mm. Oh, I love how you use the word fruitfulness. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Um, I, and I say fruitfulness. I remember in 2018, when I first got my, my coaching client, that was the, the word of the year. Like I would always have word of the year. The mm. word of the year for me at that time was fruitfulness. And it can show up mm. in many different forms. And so I always think about yeah, why fruitfulness. I'm really yeah, curious. So um, I think oftentimes, you know, especially in business, people think about the money, right? Like, gotta, like, especially nowadays, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm seeing a lot of ads um, for coaches saying, oh, how to be a six figure coach, seven figure coach. And it's all focused about the money. And I've been in programs where, the coach is telling you, oh, the reason why you're not yet a six figure earner is because you're getting in your own way. <laughs> and it kind of feels like I'm a failure, right? But then I realize fruitfulness comes in many different forms, right? So my family, even though, yes, we are six figure earners and we, we have this lifestyle now, to get where we are, we needed to be fruitful and happy with our five-figure income, with our four-figure income, being in debt, right? So one of the things that I like to tell people is you can be financially free without being rich, right? A lot of the times people think you need to be rich first to be financially free, 
but it is not true. So when people think about financial freedom, it can feel very far away, especially if you're like me who came from a place where you're broke, all your ma- all your credit cards are maxed out, right? It feels like financial freedom, it's mind blowing. It's so far away. It's like gonna be 10, 20 years from now, right? But when you think about it, I, what I teach people, uh, my clients with the healthy, holy money flow lifestyle is that you don't need to be um, rich first, rich meaning six, seven figure, eight figure earner to be financially free. Whatever, your financial freedom is actually a lot closer than you think. So my journey, I became financially free even before I hit the six figure mark. So I, I'm, I guess I'm curious, like what is your definition of financial yeah, freedom? Yeah, so for a technical um definition my definition of financial freedom is where your passive income covers your basic living expenses right meaning you don't have to worry about just the basic living expenses like the roof on your head your your groceries your your electricity bill just your basic living expenses it you got to know that number right so meaning a lot of the times if you ask people how much are you really needing every month they have no idea how much they really need every month. So you need to tattoo that in your brain so you know exactly what the goal is. And oftentimes, if let's say you're single or maybe, you know, if if you have like, let's say you're single, you don't have a kid yet. You actually don't need six figures to be financially free, right? Right. Like Depending on where you yeah. live and what kind of lifestyle you exactly. want. And honestly, there's so many different options for you. You know, you just need to think about your, your lifestyle and you got to know that number. What is the very bare necessity, basic living expense number. And oftentimes people are shocked. It's not even six figures, right? So your goal is to create passive income that covers that amount and that weight on your shoulder, or even even if it's not completely your living expense, say you're renting and um, you're able to create passive income to just enough to just cover your rent or maybe enough to just cover your grocery bill. That weight on your shoulder is lifted, right? Without you even being bankroll rich or heavy, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm gonna pause there and um, for listeners who might be new to the concept of passive income. Mm -hmm. Could you just kind of explain to them like what it yeah, means? Yeah, so passive income, there's basically two types of income, active income and passive income. Active income is where you trade your time for money, right? You clock in, you clock out, you get paid, right? Even if it's a salary job, you need to show up to get paid, right? Passive income, on the other hand, it's income that's generated without being uh, physically there. So meaning, Oftentimes, when we work with passive income, you work hard up front, right? You you give your dues up front, and then it generates you income ongoing, maybe even for a lifetime. Sometimes even after you die, you're still earning passive income. Just like, I mean, think about Michael Jackson, you know, he's still yeah. earning money, right? Yeah, I guess coming back to sort of your fruitfulness analogy, it's like you pl- you plant the seed and you do all mm-hmm. the work up front to sow the seed, to to grow the tree, and then afterwards you just sit for the tree to 
basically produce the fruit of your labor. Yeah, and you still have to take care of it, right? So for example, with my um, with my Kindle, when we published our book, we it was so the very first income we earned off of that was five dollars when someone bought one book right and mm. to give which is actually very yeah, good i mean to give perspective oh, we worked my husband and i worked for that book for three weeks we were under the dot mm -hmm. like this program was like okay mm -hmm. publish a book in in a month right so three weeks mm -hmm. we wrote the book we created the graphic spread and whatnot that's really fast it is really actually. fast i mean when you're motivated very, right, very like fast. that you you know i guess you have you can pull the strings and I didn't have kids at that time so I had a lot of time yeah. on my hands plus I didn't have a job wow. you know <laughs> I was I'm impressed <laughs> I was really motivated I'm writing a book actually right now but not for like Kindle yeah. publishing but my own book and yeah I'm like it, it's for me it's gonna be like six months yeah. at least but I'm like three weeks that's really well, fast it's an ebook it's not like a a novel or a you know like a full stack book right so it's like what 100 pages you know it's it's a small thing um but i also got help from my husband so <laughs> it was the two of us working on this so three weeks you work hard and then it was only after that three weeks when you get paid right so that's like a, a smaller concept of of um passive income but the same goes with like your online business Right. So if let's say you really want to build up your coaching business, don't expect that it's going to happen overnight. I remember I got a message from a friend saying, Paige, I'm going to quit coaching. I've tried for an entire year and I've gotten nowhere. And I was like, dude, it took me at least three years to actually get to, yeah. get to where I am now. I have heard. Um from either friends or just from uh, folks I've listened to on podcasts as well, that building a coaching business is sort of like a five-year mm -hmm. long, you got to give it, give it five years to start to see the fruit of your labor. Yeah. yeah. It's not, um, I mean, there's certainly ways now that you can kind of pivot that timeline. If you have a lot of uh, capital to invest in, you know, marketing wise, especially that ads right now is booming and people are becoming more interested with online coaching and stuff like that but definitely yeah give it some time it's not a traditional career you know even the pioneers in this industry are still figuring out some stuff the the industry is constantly evolving so you got to give yourself that time you know and patience and like i said you know i think it really takes a lot of passion and commitment to your services to your niche to your audience to stick through it after three years. I mean, it, it can be painful. I understand, I've been there, it can be painful. Um, that's actually really helpful for someone to kind of hear your insider's perspective of the process because everyone else look at success. And my podcast is about permission to become and it's really about the journey because life is the journey itself. Um, so I'm so grateful that you're just sharing, I guess, like, since like this whole conversation went by, by so quickly <laughs> and I do really love to hear about the, um, healthy, holy money flow method that you came up with. And, um, I would love for you to just share, um, share some, something with the audience about, you know, how you, how you came up with that process and, um, how that might help some folks yeah, for sure. who are, um, yeah. So um, the healthy, holy money flow method is a five-step process that I work with my, my with my coaching clients. And basically, you know, the first step is all about setting the right first goal. So as I've mentioned, you don't need to be 
you know, rich first to be financially free. And oftentimes people actually want the financial freedom, not necessarily the richness, but once you're financially free, richness follows naturally, right? Yeah, so, I mean, if you think about it, if you're moving from being broke and your goal is to be rich, that gap is so far from each other, right? But when you're being, but when you're coming from a place of being financially free and you're aiming to be rich next, that naturally happens. Yeah, you have more, yeah, more free time and you have more um, financial, you know, you have more financial seeds to invest in, in growing that business or whatever source of income that you have. Um, so that's one thing that I work with my clients is getting clear with that goal first and knowing their numbers, right? Determining where they are in the scale so that they actually know what the goal is. Because like I said, so many coaches now, they say, oh, be a six-figure earner, seven-figure earner. Before it was like all about being a six-figure earner. Nowadays, it's now being seven figures. It's like, you know, it's all about that, right? But what is your goal personally, right? As a person with your lifestyle, where you are right now, what is your actual goal? So that's the, one of the things that I work with my clients. And then the second phase is, is what I call the wealth pyramid. Now, when people think about the wealth pyramid, they think about, oh, how the corporates are controlling like majority of the you know, global wealth and stuff like that. But the wealth pyramid, basically, if you think of a triangle, it comes, uh, there's three phases to that or three sides, right? So one is high income skills. And then two is generating income through your business. And then three is about investment. So when people think about financial freedom, or, you know, wealth, they think about investments right away. Oh, what should I invest in? Should I invest in crypto? Should I invest in stocks and bonds, like what should I do, right? But that's actually not for me, what, what I teach people, that's, you shouldn't be focusing on that yet, right? You, so the very first thing that I coach my clients is working through their high income skills, which means you're earning yourself income first. And by high income, it's about getting paid. Yes, it's active income. Remember active income is about um, uh, trading your time for money. But if you have a high income skill, say, for example, coaches, right, you can get paid by the hour or rather by, per session without having, you know, with high dollars, right? So oftentimes coaching clients, they pay three, six, maybe 12 months ahead of time, right? And even if they pay monthly, for example, let's say a session would be $1,000, for example, right? That is high income skill compared to if you're clocking in time and you're getting paid $13, $20, $30 an hour, right? So it's all about developing that high income skill. Now, why do we do I teach about you know high income skills? The reason being, it doesn't matter what happens to the economy, right? If the economy goes down the drain and your business, for example, tanks, right? You lose everything. Worst case scenario, you, you lose everything you worked hard for. Knowing that you have that high income skill gives you confidence and peace of mind that no matter what happens in the world, you have that skill that no one can steal from you, right? But that you can keep generating income from, right? So that's why it's important to have that high income skill. So I help, you know, I, co I coach through my clients how to determine what high income skill they want to develop. And what's important nowadays is that high income skill better be relevant in the new economy because the old economy 
required a whole lot of different types of high income skills. It's very different nowadays, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the second phase is your businesses generating you income. And then the third phase is all about um, your investments generating you income. There's just a bug here. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna leave that. Yeah, so um, that's the three phases. And then the third um, phase that I work through in the healthy, holy money flow is all about um, getting rid of the guilt of getting paid in high dollars. So a lot of heart-centered individuals they struggle with the fact that they're getting paid hard high dollars or that they're charging high dollars because you know there is that desire to help right so how do we how do we um get rid of that that guilt right and that sometimes they even carry shame which is really weird right if you're doing good why do you need to feel shameful about charging money out of that so the, it is so that's something that i work through my clients with and then you know creating a plan of so oftentimes when you work with a coach a business coach they tell you okay what's your plan to scale your business right let's create a plan to grow your business but here in my coaching program we don't just leave you with a a, a plan to scale your your business but actually a plan to scale your giving as well right so oftentimes people think about okay the plan to get 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 more right but we also need to match that with a plan to give more which is ultimately what makes our businesses very fulfilling right so and of course you know focusing on the fact that this is a lifestyle continuous learning it's not an overnight fix right and you have to understand that there there will be practical things that you can do to change your relationship with money how you can be more aware of those old um emotional and energetic blocks about money so those are some of the things that i, I work through with my clients through the healthy oh. holy money flow method oh my gosh well thank you so much for sharing that and it's it's very clear to me sort of the process that you take um the clients through so how can um the audience or where can the audience find you what's the best way yeah, so I actually have a free masterclass that you can take where it helps you uncover your your money blocks. So I'm going to share the link with Joyce here so she can put it in the show notes. But also I do have a YouTube channel. Um, I haven't uploaded in a month or so because of my move here. But generally speaking, I usually upload every, um, you know, twice, twice a month. So I talk a lot more about the healthy, holy money flow through my YouTube channel. So you can learn more about the concepts there. Just type, you know, search Paige Ray and it should show up there. Great. Well, thank you so much, Paige, for coming on the podcast today and for sharing your wisdom and your journey. Thank you so much, Joyce. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Permission to Become podcast. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate, review, or subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. I'd really appreciate it. I'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So feel free to email me at permissiontobecome at gmail.com.